0: Our scripture for today comes from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. Uh, you can find it on page 576 of the Pewback Bibles. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Amen, amen. Good morning. It is, um, it is a joy to preach on joy this morning out of Isaiah. Um, I, you know, we preached through Isaiah um, a, a couple of years ago, and, um, and I, just, I, I just remember, like, uh, the joy and, like, the surprising visions of this prophet. Um, and this morning, we get to look into that. And let me just give you, like, the, the sermon in a, just a little bit. Um, So, um, the sermon is like, being saved means we have a daily well of joy based on God's saving work in Christ. This joy produces purpose, and our purpose produces this joy. And through this scripture this morning, God is communicating to those who place their faith in him that he alone is the inexhaustible source of joy and that all other happiness can only find and borrow its joy from the fantasy reflections of God. Like that's, that's the sermon in, the, in just a couple of sentences and I was trying to think of um, the most joyful moments in my life to like start out this morning. and. Um, And I was thinking maybe, like, is that like the first time I uh, took a deer in hunting season? Is that the touchdown I caught, intercepted, and ran in the big game? Or uh, maybe it's my marriage, uh, (laughs) my wedding day, uh, or my kid's birth, just so you don't think I have my priorities off. I was trying to think of those types of things, and as I was thinking about all these sort of joyful moments in my life, I was thinking about the reality that, like, there's a kind of joy that you experience, that, 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 that we experience as humans, and we're like, that's joy. Like, we know it to be. I'm not just like moved a little bit. Like you, you recognize this surprising kind of like, that's joy. I'm, I'm full of joy right now. And then it sort of can change the environment around you and it can change the environment inside of you. Right? Like there's that kind of joy. Uh, so if we're going to talk about a word like that, that has this, like, who knows what you think of the word or what the person next to you thinks of the word joy there's experience of joy that we possess, we like, we know it's that, and then there's sort of other types of joy, and so joy can be like instantly arriving, right, like just just like that, it's the response to some like great surprise, right, like somebody walks in, you haven't seen him in a long time, and you're full of joy, something happens you didn't expect that's awesome, and like you're full of joy, right, like that's a, a surprising joy. Your salvation is like that. The moment that, 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 that you come to an end of your own struggle in this world and the Holy Spirit Washes your heart with faith and breathes His life on your soul, and you see your sin, and you see Jesus for the first time, and you see the salvation that He's offering, and the and the and the sacrifice that He did on the cross to for, to forgive you, to pay for your sins. That like when you. That's surprising, amazing grace. It's surprising joy. Like that's that's the experience of salvation that you're no longer condemned and you're forgiven. So that's a kind of joy that we can experience. And there's also a joy that happens in the midst of deep sadness and, and loss and grief and trials. they they're just like it's kind of like a like if you would imagine going out into the storm. And like this week when it rained, I like, I walked out into the rain and I was like, I was instantly wet. You know, sometimes I think I can like dodge the, you know, the raindrops to the truck. And uh, that's usually not true for me. Um, But, but like, you know, you walk out into this deluge, this rain and you're holding a candle and that candle is unaffected by that rain. Like there's, there's a kind of joy that's like that. It's, it's God's sustaining joy that, 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 that his nearness and affliction brings into your life. It's a sustaining type joy. And then there's like, there's a joy that's like a hum. It's, it's like a, a, some kind of a purr, like, like at your house, in the winter, I don't know, maybe my house isn't that efficient or something, but like our heater, our furnace just runs all, all winter. Like it just doesn't stop. It just runs and runs and it's, it's just, it's a sound that I don't hear anymore, right? It's just there. It's, and, but if you go to somebody else's house, And their heaters like has a different frequency, you know, like, and you just hear their, their furnace just running and making racket. Like that's, that's, there's a joy that's sort of like every day it's always running. It's, it's, it's tragically we can like get used to it. Like we can get used to it and, and we're more to, we're prone to maybe see other people's joy than to recognize this pervasive everyday joy that, that you possess. So there's 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 different kinds of joy. Joy has like many expressions, and certainly scripture is full of many expressions of joy. But they but joy only has one source. Like I want you to just like absorb that truth. Joy has one source as one source in this world. And that's what we're going to look at in Isaiah today as Isaiah paints this picture. And, and prophetic scripture, almost all prophetic scripture, isn't as much about diagnosing the future or predicting the future as it is painting a theological vision for us so that we can see God and we could live through God. And so that's, that's what we're going to see this morning as we jump in. Let me pray before we do that. Father, we, we love you. We, we thank you for this morning. We, um, we're so grateful for your greatness and your, your kindness to us. Um, I'm so grateful for your church this morning and just the, the tastes of heaven that, that we get um, together. Um, it, it fortifies my life. It fortifies my life, and I'm I'm so thankful for um, friends that I can call family. I'm I'm thankful for being united in a, in purpose to to worship you, to bring you glory, to 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 make disciples, to 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 tell people that don't know the gift of the gospel um, what that is. And so, Lord, would you accept this morning our worship, not just in song, but even as we open the scriptures and we look at what they say, would you accept our worship this morning as we come under the authority of your word and we accept your word um, as your love for us and your, um, your, your teaching for us? And, and would that word today in Isaiah invite each person in this room to new and and to deeper experiences of joy, surpassing joy, um, sustaining joy, everyday joy, God, like, would you invite us through your word into that? And Lord, would you help me to honor um, your word over the next few minutes? Help me to see it right and share it rightly. Um, And may every thought and feeling I have please you, O God. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, um, begins with God. And I think that's appropriate because it's a verse that's like gonna be talking about joy as sort of booked in. It's it's in there a couple times as we heard, and but it but it really begins with God. And I think joy does begin with God. It doesn't begin with us, it begins with God if He alone is the source. And so it starts out and says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust, I will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Um, Before he goes on talking more about joy, he, he just directs our full attention to God as Savior, to God as Savior, to point to the coming Messiah who saves his people who saves his people, I'll trust in that salvation because, because trusting in that salvation, it means I don't have to be afraid anymore. And, and that's not because like things in my life aren't scary. Things in my life are scary and your life are scary. And, and it's not because like I'm so strong and prepared for him either. Like he's talking about God as savior and trusting in this God, this strength and in this salvation that God provides i 'll trust that, and I will not be afraid. Now, you may be tempted with fear, you may struggle with trust, sadly we too we too often think that we're like alone in our fears and we're like kind of scared to be like I'm afraid or I'm fearful because we think it's immature or we think it's unspiritual and 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 it's not no our emotions God made in us and our emotions tell us things about the world around us they tell us what's important. They tell us where there's a threat. They tell us where our love is directed and where it's not directed. Emotions are important parts of the human experience. Too often Christian formation tries to divorce itself from that reality and we sort of tear ourselves apart and we try to become little spiritual robots. So this isn't a call for you to never have feelings, fearful feelings, or be afraid. But it is for us to consider in this passage, in being afraid and being tempted to fear, what am I then going to trust in? Where am I going to place my hope? Where am I going to seek peace? Where am I then going to find joy? in life. Where am I going to do that? And so um, that's what we have to consider as we look at this passage. And this passage is about the nearness of God. It's about the uniqueness of God. It's about the the, the thoroughness and the completeness in which God saves his people. He goes on, he says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He is my strength and my song. I want you to just like think like the deliverance that he's talking about here is the kind that that makes me stronger and it's the kind that like brings a, a, a song to my lips, right like I, I just sort of notice I don't know if this is you, but like this is just me my own confession is like if, if I stop singing and you're, you're a friend of me, like if I just if you walk, if I'm walking around in my house or at work or wherever and you're like, I haven't heard a. I sing singing a while. Something's wrong with me. I, I don't know if that's you, but it's like there's a reality to, like, um, to, to, to sort of like where I'm at internally and, and the song that's on my lips. Now, I know like I'm very, I love music and every, and, but this is real to me. Like, like this is a very lived reality that there's a song that comes from deep places in me about the things I love and the things I'm excited about and full of joy about. And he's talking about deliverance, deliverance what salvation means. It's it's deliverance, like the children of Egypt, that Israel in Egypt. He delivered them out of that place. He, he, he freed them as prisoners. He made them princes in a new land. Like that's that's the reality. That's what puts a song in you. That's what puts a song in you. He's like, I'm gonna trust in that. I'm gonna trust that this is this is the truest thing about me. That that I was in captivity, real captivity, with no hope, no future. And God has made me, he's transferred me into his kingdom, and not just as a peasant, not just as a pupil, but as his son. He's placed his very robe on me. He's made all the sad things that were true about my life untrue. Like that's, that's where um, Isaiah lists our vision this morning to talk about the joy of the Lord. And then he gives us this vision of a well in verse three. If we look at that, he says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, some things. Now there's a whole little list here of things, that, 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 that if you could just sort of walk into that metaphor with me, is that he's saying that like this salvation that you have in Jesus is like you're at a well. And you're, you're drawing from that well the joy of your salvation. And, and, and when you do that on that day, it actually causes a response in your life. It causes a response. And so that's the vision. These are, these are attributes and they are actions of somebody who has drawn from this well. This list here, they are attributes and they are actions of a person that has joy. Now I I think I want to be really clear, will shouting and will singing, will those actions make you joyful? Will shouting and will singing, you come in here, and you're just down in the dumps, and you just, there's no light, you didn't, your candle went out in the, in the rain, like, you come in, and like, will, will singing and shouting produce joy in you? Maybe not. It won't hurt. I'll tell you that, it won't hurt, but that, that's not what this is saying, but it is saying that people who have built their residency near these wells, like the people who have built that residency near the well, um, their lives are sustained by what they draw from it. Does that make sense? Like, that's not too far in the metaphor. Like, that's the reality, and so people, when they, when they moved across and, and inhabited other places, you, you set up residency, you set up cities near water sources. In fact, if you know the history of just our area, that one of the very first places people inhabited, and stopped as they made their way uh, across to the Oregon Trail was, was in a little neighborhood that ended up being called Blue Springs. And the reason is, is it was saturated with good water. And they call that Lake Tapawingo now. It's actually where the Millers live. Like it's, it's, it's in that place that they're like, hey, this looks like a good place for us to survive. It's like that's what he's saying. He's saying that like, okay, these, all these actions don't just produce, but they are attributes and actions of people who do have this life, who do possess this joy. Let's look here at what some of those are. People who are full of joy, they give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known to all the earth, shout and sing for joy. O inhabitants of Zion for great in your midst is the Holy one. So I don't know what you see in in that passage, but I see people with thankful hearts. I see people that are joyful, have thankful hearts we keep Uh, attaching over and over again. It seems like every passage that we just turn to up here in this pulpit, it's like God's like, listen, gratitude, thankfulness, gratitude, thankfulness, gratitude, thankfulness. God's doing so much in, in our lives that we're not even seeing. And all we can do is sometimes complain about what we just do see, like the problems. And it's like, what about the 10 things that God gave mercy and grace and salvation and what, like all the different ways that God's moved. There's thankful hearts here. I see that. Like, I see that they give thanks to the Lord. I see people who rely on God. Like, they, they rely on him. The next phrase is that they call upon his name. And to call upon God's name is to call upon the essence of, like, who he is, but also, like, what he's done, that he's faithful, and that he's all, and that he's never the bad things. He's always the good things. He's, he is Love. And, and, and so I see people who just, they call upon his name, they call upon the character of God and the history of all that he's done in his redemptive story. People that know the name of God. So that's what I see people who are joyful, um, what they do. I see people that are joyful here, like they're giving testimony, like they're, they're making known like what God's done in their life. I just, probably nothing that I find more exciting, honestly, than hearing somebody else come up to me and say, listen, I I just want to tell you what God did. Like, there's just, like, that is amazing to me when I hear another Christian recognize that something in their life wasn't just good karma or things just worked out, but that God moved Like, that is amazing to me. And people who are full of the joy of their salvation, they do that. They do that. They give testimony of what God has done. They give give testimony. I see people singing praises to the Lord, that there's this song that lives in them. I say, I see people who are not living in like Christian anonymity, they're, they're proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Like it's not just me and, and, and my G- devotional Jesus, you know, like just he's here to make my life better. Like that's not the kind of thing that I see here. I see somebody who is thankful for God's salvation and that joy is such a, a well inside of them that it's overflowing. It's overflowing. You cannot help but tell people what God is doing. You can't help but let all these attributes start to come out and reach other people. Which by the way, at this moment, like this is, this is one of the precipices of Christian mission. That, that, that missionaries, that, that, that the gospel moving forward, that missional living, all of it is dependent on that reality. Lest we do all those things for another reason. Lest we do all those things for another reason. So um, people, they don't live in anonymity. They They proclaim the good news out of the overflow of what God's doing. And it sort of ends with shout and sing for joy. Like that's all I know how to do. You know, I don't know if it's you know, sometimes when we're worshiping and and we and we, you know, somebody hits that note and and it's that, that line, you know, in that song, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do, so I'm just gonna holler right here. I think that's what this means. I think that's what this means. So so that's what we see. It's a beautiful theological prophetic vision of joy that's not just a vision that we paint a mural up and go, that was a good thought. It's an invitation this morning. It's an invitation from God that he worked thousands of years ago through the prophet Isaiah to give to you right now, to, to invite you into this vision. Like, that's what it is this morning. I don't want you to just hear, like, this is a good idea, and, like, we're supposed to be more joyful, smile more. I was sitting at my desk this morning. I was, like, so tired, and I was praying, and I was like, I'm just going to make myself smile for three minutes. That's what I decided. I'm just going to smile for three minutes. I think that'll do good. That's, do that. There's no problem with that. But, like... That's not what I'm talking about. This isn't a spiritual prep talk. This, this is an invitation from the Spirit of God through His Word to us this morning. That's what it is. Now, now I wanna share four other biblical truths about joy. They're not in this passage, they're in various other passages, but I think they can help us because one of the things that we wanted to do in Advent is we, we wanted to do classical type of Advent, Peace, hope, joy, faith, love. But we wanted it to be very pastoral in the sense of like, we want to help take a step to that. We, wanna, we want to leave here more joyful than when we arrived. And not just because the Chiefs are going to win today, but, but because we have a deep well to draw from this morning together. So here's four truths and then I'll, I'll get out of your way. Four biblical truths about joy um, that are part of this invitation. One, there's a joy that's found in obedience. <laughs> you were hoping I would say that word. Uh, there's a joy that's found in obedience, amen? Say amen to that. John 15, verse 10 and 11, Jesus is my joy, that my joy may be in you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. Well, he's talking in this passage about his commandments, that if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I'm drawing a line of connection there. I'm circling fullness of joy, love for the Father, and the commandments of Jesus, and I'm connecting all of those dots. That's what I'm doing right now, that there's, that there's this, Jesus is saying, joy in part, in part is a result of someone who loves God so much that they do what God asks them to do in their life, in this life that he, that his commands, um, they follow. The person that has joy, this joy that Jesus has, Jesus says that's complete joy. It's the fullness of joy. I wonder how many Christians could just use a solid and sober look at their life and get things ordered and take some right steps to to get rid of some sin, to kill some sin in their life, to kill some of the gray areas that they've been stepping in. And watch that like as a result of that and as a result of like seriously um, reading God's word and, and looking at all the commands and obedience of the basic Christian and, and beginning to follow those um, just, just ever so slightly that, that, that joy would just increase in your life. Like, I just wonder if it's in part, that simple. I know it's not fully that simple, but this passage does speak that truth: that there is a correlation between the joy in our life and our obedience to Christ, and our love to God. Number two, joy is found in practicing God's presence. It's not just begrudging, begrudging submission to do what God's told you to do. It's it's practicing the very presence of God. Listen to Psalm sixteen, eleven. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Like my... Life is from God. Like my path, like he is, he's ordering my very steps. He's directing and he's leading me and he's carrying me and he's sustaining me and he's filling me up. Like that's the picture of Psalm um, 16 here. And he's like, there's fullness of joy in that reality. There's fullness of joy. Like apart from that, there's a, your, your, your joy supply is going to be kind of low. It's going to be kind of low. And so Peter actually cites Psalm 16 in his Pentecost speech in Acts. And Paul, he also used um, the same passage in in his um, similar speech in Acts 13. Like both of the apostles sort of used this um, psalm as a way of cultivating the hope of like everlasting glory to the faithful. With the resurrection of Jesus it's like the center feature of it. Like there's, there's, a, rea- there's a reality to that. So that, that we would see that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that one of the unifying themes of those is the presence of God. That God chose a people and he put his very presence with those people. Something that was lost in the fall in sin that God called a people to himself in the Old Testament, it sort of defines that they're Israel. is that his presence is there. They built a temple. that He was there as a pillar of fire. And, and what's happening here in the New Testaments is that the real presence of Christ abides in you. The real presence of Christ, not like I'm not saying that like that this is figurative or that this is conceptual or this is only confessional. Like the real presence of God abides in us and we who believe in Jesus in him. Like he, God takes up space in here, like in here. It's a defining reality to God's people and there's joy in it. In that union with God, not just because it's true and it means that I'm not condemned, but because um, his attributes are alive in that. And that his spirit is filling me. Like there's, it's actually useful. So in the Christian faith, we don't have to travel to the Holy Land. Right? We don't have to go somewhere to, to find this or experience something like we, like we have the presence of God. And so practicing that presence is recognizing that, trusting that and, 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 and gleaning from that and allowing God to work in us. That's joy. So practicing the presence of God. is important. Number three, Galatians 5 tells us that joy is a fruit. It's a fruit of the spirit. I think that's very important. Because that metaphor, if we can leave the, the well for a second, that metaphor tells us that it must be cultivated, that there's a process, that there's a spiritual diet that, 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 that supports this, right? Like, now it's moved into the area of my sanctification and my stewardship, does that make sense? So you're trying to grow in joy. You have to see that it grows in seasons, that hot seasons and cold seasons and windy seasons don't cause fruit to not bear, but, but they make fruit production stronger and more reliable, right? Like we have to think about it that and that the, it takes time for fruit to grow on vines. It takes time and there's a process. So it's a, it's a fruit of the spirit. So it's something that, that living by the spirit is, it produces enough, And that living by the flesh destroys and robs from number four finally joy comes from a determined perspective that's based in who God is listen to James chapter 1 count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness now that's a great encouragement count it all joy but 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 why would we count hardship joy why would we count suffering joy you know it's because all of the hardships in our lives have a redeemable purpose he gives us that but 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 it's hard for you and I to transform them right just, just just, count every heart, you know, sometimes if somebody says this in the wrong moment to you, you're just like, you have words inside your head that you're not saying. Like, it just doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great. But, there's, but there is something that, that is true about God being in us in the work of salvation and the, and, and the reality that, that, that James is trying to connect us to is an ultimate reality. It's beyond the thing that you're seeing that's in front of you. And he's saying the Christian has so much hope and and peace in God that there's this joy that can come in that moment. And that kind of joy, it transforms the hardship into a redeemed purpose. And so there's a perspective that we have to exercise like it's a weight, like, it, there's, there's a perspective that's in our mind, right? Like, it's fought here. It's in that battle that we fight that. And we, um, we, we need to understand that joy comes from that determined perspective at times. It's peculiar in that form. So um, let's go back to chapter um, 12 of Isaiah. And I want to show you... Um, Just like, we have to look at this before we go. Like, I think we have to look at this. It's so important. Um, Look back at verse 3 with me because um, there's something there in that passage that says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells, plural, not well, of salvation, from the wells of salvation. Isn't that odd? Are there two kinds of salvation? Is there two ways, or are there two times that God saves people? He's like, no, there's one gospel, there's one God, there's one Father, there's one, there's one, one. Why are there wells here? Why, why is it plural that there's wells? I think it's important for us that, that wells is plural. So imagine if, if you and I, we're on a journey, long journey through the desert. It's going to take us a month to get to where we're going. And we're starting this journey. And you say, Hey, I know it's a long journey, Orion. Like I know it's a, it's a long journey and it's scary, but the good news is you see that well over there that well, I mean, thank God for that. Well, it's, it's the cleanest, it's the crispest, it's the most delicious well you've ever seen. And before we go, we can go over there and we can drink all that we want to drink from it. And I'm like, awesome. That, that seems like a good start. But, but we start in the journey and, I, and, 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 we, and we start to go and I'm like, hey, that was great, but I'm already thirsty like, I'm already perched, you know, just a little way through this journey. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about making it. And you say to me, hey, all oh, right, like, it's okay. Because at the end of the journey, there's another well. And when we get there, you're going to see a well just like that well, and it's crisp, and it's, it's, it's not just like a little thing you put a bucket up for. You can swim in it. You can swim in it. You can drink all you want. It never, we all can drink all we want. It never runs out. It's, it, it quenches. It's, it's wonderful. But I'm wondering how I'm going to make it there. I'm wondering how I get there because we have a month journey ahead of us. And if there's not a well in the morning when I walk, wake up to drink from what will sustain me. And at the end of that day's journey, when I go to bed, if there's not a well there, how am I going to make it through the night? So what this is telling me is there's an everyday supply. There's wells. There's wells at every point in my journey. And listen, God has placed those in your life exactly where they need to be exactly where they need to be and they will sustain you in your journey every single day. There's another well for you to draw from and it's just as glorious and beautiful. There's new mercies, there's new empowerment, there's new joy. And on the hard days, there's a well and that well sustains you in that hard day. It does its job. The easy days, it's just a joy. I'm glad the wells there. It's just sort of excess. It's overflow. Maybe I'll take water around to other people, you know? like So that, that's, the, that's what we see in this passage in, in verse 3 is that, that, that these wells of salvation, they produce Christian joy. And they're exactly where you need them to be. They produce Christian joy and they have no restrictions. You can draw all that you want from them. They never run out. These wells of salvation, they cause you every day to be thankful and to sing and uh, to shout. They they create overflow in your life. They produce too because you have so much. They produce mission. They produce in your life kingdom purposes. And those kingdom purposes then produce more joy. It's like this big circle that God's like made for you that like because you have so much like it produces purpose to see God's kingdom come and expand and be known and him be glorified and and by doing that you you actually produce more joy in your life there's nothing better than being used by God there's nothing better than that it's the great news that the long journey has many wells on it. The other thing that I, I see um is the is this. We we had uh just a, a gathering with a bunch of church planners this week and I was sitting there chatting with a young church planner about what we're preaching and I was telling him about Isaiah and preaching on joy and he just sort of leaned into me and he's like, Hey, why do you think so many Christians either like live with very little joy in their lives or this is such a struggle? And I and I said I, I don't know if there's like a easy answer to that. I think it, I think there's a lot of reasons. There's lots of causes, there's lots of reasons for that. I think obedience we talked about is an issue. I think not allowing ourselves to feel sometimes and just be a whole person can create a lot of emotional problems in our life. I think that um there there's just there's I, I think that um, we have a way of taking over and, like, pushing, like, our emotions out. And, like, I mean, there's just a lot of reasons that that we could struggle with this. But I think there's one thing in this passage this morning that, that to me, like, it just really stands out to me as the, as the reason. And maybe it's, like, the umbrella. It's the big reason. Because as we begin from it, it says... With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And I think the problem is, is that many Christians don't see the invitation here to draw water from God's well. You see, we're so used to drawing water from all the other wells in life. And the God of this world has set up wells all around you that are lesser wells, and we're so used to drawing from them, and and maybe at times the water tastes sweeter to us. It's easier. That's, I think, the reason that we struggle with joy, is that we're just not drawing from God's wells. not drawing from it. Like we're we're so used to all of the other ones that seem nearer by for us. Jesus told the woman at the well that I have water to give you that if you drink from this water, you'll never go thirsty again. Like he told her that. and, 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 And we're so used to wanting to just draw from our own well, our own supply. And it doesn't produce the life that God has. It doesn't produce the joy that God has for us. It's the everyday pursuit of the thirst quenching spiritual fruit of joy in God's presence, in his purposes, in God's word, the conforming of our minds. The everyday pursuit of that is when we go and meet with God, when we go meet with God every day, that's where joy is. So if we don't have that meat... If we don't have that meat, where's the joy coming from? It's coming from the other wells that don't produce the kind of joy. Remember they're only fantasy reflections of that one true source of joy. They're only fantasy reflections. So it's the right well um, in our lives, It's, it's, it's seeing all the other wells as poisonous. That's poisonous. So draw from right wells. Don't draw from the wrong wells. Bonhoeffer said this, that Advent season's a season of waiting. It's a season of waiting. But our whole life is an Advent season. That is a season of waiting for the last Advent. For the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. I propose that in this season... And in our lives that we, as we wait, we wait with joy. That's what I propose. Let's stand and pray this morning together. Father, I love your word. I love that it um, not only teaches and instructs us, Lord, but it actually, um, it calls us um, and it it calls us into deeper obedience. It calls us into um, a life that you've made for us. And so, Lord, I thank you. um, I thank you for that. And Lord, as we come to the table this morning to see um, the bread that was broken and we take a piece of bread and rip it off and dip it into the juice, Lord, I pray that we would would feel the joy of our salvation, that, that you did everything that we needed to be free and to be called sons and daughters. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We worship you. We praise you this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen.